Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. My name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking today? Mm. Was that the Zig Ziglar one? It is the Zig Ziglar. Uh, I love that guy. Today? I, I, I'm guessing he didn't send that in. He sent it in <laughs> from, from beyond the grave. <laughs> Spooky. I know, right? Uh, he's, he's awesome. Today, uh, just a, a simple uh, Pennsylvania Brewing Company Pen Dark Lager. Very nice. Did you like open too much beer earlier? Yeah, you know there was a lot of Allagash, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so I we have like a pump thing that'll like keep it good. Okay. So poured poured a little bit back into the bomber, pumped it. Maybe I'll have it like tonight with dinner or something. I just saw you hand it to Laura. She's like, I don't want to be right now. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, you got to you gotta budget your consumption. We have two episodes left to do. It's true. So, yeah. Bomber is a very big commitment. I bet. I'm actually back to coffee right now. So it's, I think it's like one of those afternoon slumps right now, mm. to be quite honest. I hear you. But <clears throat> I can fill myself with caffeine. And artificially uh, raise the energy levels, right? Woo! Yeah. So that's not unhealthy or anything. Blowing out your car speakers. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, hey, if you want to send your own catchphrases in so we don't have to get spooky ghost zigzagar catchphrases, <laughs> we are at Money Matters Man on wait, Twitter. Wait, if you want to send your catchphrases in, I'm sorry, you must send in a catchphrase through there Twitter. We go. Yeah, demanding it. You know why we never done that? What happens if we just tell people what to do? Maybe it'll happen. Seriously. I don't know. All right. Well, send us in your catchphrases. You are compelled to do it. <laughs> Over to at Money Matters Man on Twitter or Listen Money Matters on Facebook. Or if in, uh, you email us a question, put it in the email. There you go. And today we are talking about a pretty interesting topic, I think. Uh, when to just save versus when to invest your money. Mm. Thoughts? So <laughs> this is one of the questions that are asked like quite a lot. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's someone where it's like, um, I want to buy a car in one month. Should I invest my money? And then it's like, um, I want to buy a house in five years. Should I invest my money? And then it's like, um, I'm probably going to lose my job in like, you know, three months. Should I invest? And so I think we need to maybe iron out when it's appropriate, when it's not. And like kind of right. Mm. So I see three factors in investing: the the risk, um, the payoff, and the period. Mm -hmm. And I think they're all they're all intertwined. Maybe it's one of those weird triangle things we talked about earlier. But uh, each one sort of like messes with the other. The investing so success like, triangle. Yeah. So like, if you're gonna buy a car in a month, mm -hmm. and you want to put your money in like a blue chip stock. You're going to make basically nothing. And by the way, or just maybe to be, lose to be clear, <laughs> like a blue chip stock is like IBM or just yeah, like some like big company. behemoth of a company that doesn't not much happens. They just yeah. have their products. They make money and they're not an agile nimble. They're probably not going to have exponential profit increases. Like Walmart's not going to double their profits tomorrow. Right, yep. and it's not going to cut in half. Like chances are, they're going to marginally yep. change. Yep, it's if it's fifty five dollars a share today, it'll be fifty five dollars and two cents tomorrow. Exactly. So if you buy like six shares of that, 
and like put or I don't know, put a bunch of your car money into that and then expect to make enough money for it to be worth it. It's not, especially if it's a single stock, because then there's the, the trade commission, mm-hmm. right? And that's True. like what, seven, eight dollars usually? Yeah. And if you're, so if someone was telling me they were investing, I got it sound like a hundred dollars at a time and their fee was about like eight dollars. So it's like eight percent they're losing just you're getting like invested. Losing. It would take you a year. It would take, yeah. take you more than a year to make that so back. Like your entire year is basically moot. Just by year. paying like a fee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess for one, I'm a fan of investments that don't really have like uh, upfront fees, I guess. Like and every it, investment's going to have some sort of fee, but that's like a fee on top, just like a management fee, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like every, yeah, most funds, the things that we're going to talk about are funds because that's really where you should put your money in. And we, we have tons of episodes on them on that, but they'll have like a, a fee, you know, like a very small percentage fee over time, as opposed to like every time you contribute like a, a commission of like $8 or whatever. And that, that could hurt. Especially if you're trying to like do something like replicate the betterment strategy on your own. So you're having like 10 like yeah. investments every month. That'd be insane. So here's the question I have for you, because if you can minimize the risk and if there is no penalty to withdraw, then saving and investing almost becomes synonymous at that point. It kind of like, like starts to tolerance. It kind of starts to merge a little bit. So if you look yeah. at the, the Betterment default emergency plan fund, it's sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds, which is right. very like conservative. It's like very conservative. And uh, you know, maybe if you were like a hundred percent bonds, you'd be better than the stock market and you'd be like extremely low risk. And it'd almost be like, why not? And they, they even call it like what do they call it? Like an emergency fund thing? Mm, like yeah. the initial, when you sign up, and I actually just signed up because I want to compare it with, with Vanguard myself. So I'm, I think I'm going to put like a hundred bucks in there for now and see what happens. Um, mm. They like ask you if like you want to get on a certain goal and like the first one that you see is like make $12,000 as an emergency fund. Mm. And it's, I think it was what you said. It was like 60% stock, 40% bond. Uh, my question, because when I had a Vanguard, when I opened my first Vanguard account, uh, as a junior in college, I stupidly withdrew money from it one time to buy something, which mm. is stupid. That was a mistake. I mean, I don't think it destroyed me, but I, w- I shouldn't have done it. Um, what ended up happening is because I did it, I got some notice saying like I couldn't withdraw from it again for like three months. A notice from Vanguard? Yeah, there was some like thing that it invoked where like you can't just be like taking money out of it all the time if you need to. Mm. Is Betterment got the same kind of thing? No, so you could be in and out constantly with Betterment. You could treat it like a savings account. It it takes like, I mean, the the trade has to clear and then as a transfer to your bank. So it's like two to three days. But uh, still, I mean, you could do that like perpetually through the month. Actually, I'm looking at their FAQ. Electronic withdrawals from Betterment to your bank generally take four to five business day due to required sale and settlement of securities. But still, if there's no like... Uh, what is it called? Like penalty for hmm. withdrawing or like uh, limit? Then I guess it depends on your your risk sensitivity. So like, if you need 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 the money, maybe you wouldn't want to keep it in any sort of investment other than like a money market or something. But yeah, it's so I think that's the thing is like, um, I mean, look, you're gonna say, well, I need all of my money, right? Hmm. It's not like it's there to never be touched, and and I think. You had those like your you had your investing success triangle. You know, like the three things, and one's the time frame, 
And I think if your time frame, first of all, your time frame is less than a year, like don't even consider it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, that makes sense. It needs to be like two years or more, preferably closer to like three plus to, to have like a serious investment because you could put your money in and we could have like a little bit of a dip and then you need it, you know? Yeah. So actually there are a lot of factors we could talk about when it comes to making this decision. Mm. Um, but one thing I want to ask you about that we were talking about, I think off the air earlier is this thing called the rule of 72. So uh, what's that? So I actually, I was looking and I was like, all right, the rule of 72. And I was like, Wait, this guy says the rule of 72, the rule of 114, and the rule of 144? So, I was like... I have numbers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, I had to read it. So, the rule of 72 is tells you how long it will take you to double your money. The rule of 114 is to triple your money. And the rule of 144 is to quadruple your money, which is okay. very dramatic. Um, but basically, you take your expected return and divide it by 72. So I'm going to take my calculator out so I don't make a fool of myself. So like in dollars or, or so, no, no, in like percent? Percent. So let's say on average, we're going to say that the stock market is going to give you a 7% return, right? And do you do that as a decimal then? No. So you just so, do like 772 divided by 7. Oh, you, oh, you divide 72 by the expected return. Yeah, and so then okay. they'll say in 10.2 years, you will double the money that you have invested. Okay, so If you consistently, cool. yeah. So I wanted you to, to kind of like spell that out to sort of illustrate like the amount of time that we're talking about for an investment to be beneficial. You know, and obviously it doesn't need to double your investment to be beneficial. You know, if you get a 150% return or something, that's great, but... Mm. That's 10 years, you know, to double. You're not going to get a substantial return in a year. I, and I, I want to, like, uh, like put some, like, rules around that. Because, first of all, one, if you see investment graphs, there it's not like a, a straight line. It kind of starts yeah. to go up and it exponentially increases over time, right? Right. So the longer the time, like, basically exponentially more money, it'll grow. And most importantly, if you have, you know, say you have your – $100, you have it invested for 10 years, so you expect $200. If you remove that every day and add it back in within the same day and do this constantly, like you're not going to get that because, like, basically, you have to not touch your money at all. Because right. when you remove your money, you you have a 50% chance you could be removing it and missing the upside, you could be missing the downside. Generally yeah. speaking, it goes up over time if you look at any long term graph. So you're probably losing upside. Yeah, exactly. So I'm actually looking at my Vanguard right now. Uh, the one year, my rate of return has been 7.6%. That's actually, awesome, that's dude. Not too bad. And so that, it looks like uh, $704. Which uh, fund is that? Returns. Or is that overall? I believe this is overall. Yeah, this is everything. So it would have been mostly star fund because I just moved my money to the other two funds. I was going like, to say, a dude, month ago, because that's really good. And I remember you were in like not as optimal funds for yeah. your age. I think you're in like forty year old funds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it looks like so. And you can look at cumulative or monthly, which is pretty good. But yeah, it's pretty good. But since inception, you know, it's it's nine point nine percent rate of return. The movie. Yes, since I watched Inception. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um 
you know, over time it gets better. Uh, since since inception 2011, I've made eleven hundred dollars, and it's been very recent that I've been like aggressively saving. So over time is where the real returns come from. And I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna like eleven hundred dollars sounds good, but I'm looking for much, much more than that with my yeah. investments. I'm looking for like eventually get to retire, you know, <laughs> not groceries for three months <laughs> investment returns. Um, so yeah, I guess that's that's where the mindset should come in. Like I'm doing this to build wealth over a long amount of time. Uh, where another thing that comes in is what do you need to buy soon? So we've had questions where people are like, I'm buying a new house in two years or I'm buying a new car in two months. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm. Should I put my money into betterment or should I put my money into a savings account? Um, really, I think it's a risk tolerance, but if you want to be sure you can buy that house, put it in a savings account because the amount you'll probably make over two years is probably not going to be super substantial. And so I, th- I think it yeah. has like one other factor to it. And I think okay. it has to do with like the flexibility of your mm-hmm. timeline. So if you, when you say I want to buy a house in two years, you really mean two years, maybe three years, maybe 1.8 years. Like I'm just kind of, I'm flexible. Then okay. like it's perfect for you to invest because you could be at that two year mark and things could be down a little bit. So you're like, hey, I'm gonna wait like eight months. It's gonna fix itself, and I'll buy. I'll sell at the peak of you know when I owned it, as opposed to like two years dead solid. Like you know, I I'm a student and I'm putting all of my money into investments, and I'm going to pay down my debt the day before I graduate, so I incur no interest. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, that could work really well, but you could also be unlucky to graduate on the day the market crashes. That's true. So, you know, when you have a such a fixed time, uh, you add a lot more risk because we're not gonna be able to, you're not going to be able to predict how things are going to be on a specific day. So if you were like the wind... The wind can invest. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If you are like a ship that has to navigate perfectly to this tiny little opening with two sheer cliffs on each side, maybe you should play it safe (laughs) and not try to build onto your ship as it's going. I don't even know if that metaphor works. (laughs) <laughs> I was. I just thought like they yeah. must be in Game of Thrones, like storming yeah. King's Landing or something. <laughs> I still have to watch that show. Oh, dude! Oh my um, god! Did I just ruin? You don't have to oh, watch anymore. I just. I have no idea. Just oh, I just, just know everything now. No, I'm just dude, I don't know what that that place was or anything like that. So I've been spoiled worse by friends just talking <laughs> about the show when I'm like in the other room and then I hear them. It's like, hey, stop! Stop it! Yeah. I'm trucking through House of Cards right now, though. And as long as nobody spoils me on that, then I'll be good to go. So, yeah, let's, do we have what else do we want to talk about on this topic? It's a good question. One thing I talked about was mm. school expenses. Right. I've had this question, like, should I invest or, or a big one? Should I pay down debt? Uh, and mm. how much should I pay down debt for? And, you know, you talk about like getting your number, like your monthly expense and then having three times that in your checking account. Right. Mm-hmm. And then having an emergency fund. Well, if you've got like non-monthly expenses that you know are coming, like you're a student and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to drop eight grand or eight, not eight grand, 800 bucks on textbooks. And I fees. knew you were going to say textbooks. I'm like, dude, textbooks got way more expensive than when I was in college. Eight hey, G's. 
Yeah, which you can hack that a lot, and I've written mm-hmm. about it, so maybe we can link that up or something. Um, but yeah, like at the beginning of the semester, you might have to pay a bunch of fees and textbooks and stuff that you don't have to pay monthly. It's but definitely you know not worth it coming. to invest. Yeah, because it's so short of a time and. Yeah, and it maybe and, and it probably isn't worth it to try to pay down debt at that time either with that money. And and to you know? kind of tackle that question, so a lot of people they're like, I, I mean, look, I I hope that listening to this podcast, like you get fired up about investing because like shit, like so few people actually invest as a travesty. So want you to be excited, but if you have debt, like it really doesn't make sense. I mean, say you have a student loan and it's like six percent. And you're going to get on average seven percent investment, uh, I mean seven percent gains in your investment. So you're going to save one percent on yeah. your investment. But the thing is, your debt will have a consistent rate of which, like, you're going to accumulate interest. Investments may be five percent, ten percent, six percent. You know, it'll fluctuate. So I think you're going to wind up losing in the long run. Yeah, exactly. So definitely debt first. So maybe it's like when to invest and when to just save. Always pay debt first. Yeah. Parentheses. Yeah, I like that. I and for me, it's the peace of mind as well. You know, I want to feel free. Mm. And if the shit hits the fan with the markets, uh, investments will go down. You know, tough luck for all those people within that. But your debt doesn't go down. Like you still have the same amount of money no yeah. matter what happens. So if all your money is tied up in investment, you lose all that. You still have to pay your debt. You're not going to be like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize the market was down right now. Yeah, we'll cut your monthly <laughs> payment. We'll cut your principal. <laughs> said said no creditor ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, I got this crazy new loan scheme. All right, all right. The principal is tied to the market. That'd be awesome. That'd be weird. That would be weird. Well, like then it'd be even schedule. tougher to... Where like you paid back the loan in stock, and then if the stock went up, like it it covered more principal. of your loan. <laughs> I th- I think you've invented a great business for people who want to borrow money, and a terrible <laughs> business for people who want to lend money. <laughs> lend me money, I guarantee you'll not make anything. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same as it's like the same thing as buying stock, except for you're giving the money to somebody who needs a loan instead. True. Maybe. So that way they have to give you the stock back afterwards? I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea how this works. <laughs> Just spitballing. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I feel like we haven't been recording for very long, Andrew. Yeah, so I, I mean... I don't know. I, I guess I just <clears throat> needed something out there. So like a lot of people heard this because... Get, get asked this question like so much. I, I think... Um, I really do. I'm trying to think. Do you have any like stories? Maybe uh, invest because it was something you wanted to buy. Because so, I mean, I can think of like right now, I want to buy a new computer. So, and that's like a work thing. So there's like money I could probably have in Vanguard right now that just is sitting in my checking account because I'm planning on using that. So I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not most people, but uh, I have very little in my checking and savings account. I have. I, I think right now, and this will be in the latest Betterman experiment update. I have like twenty six thousand in my Betterman account, and okay. now you know if the market goes down, I need some money. Like fine, because I've I've everything is in the market, so I've gained so much upside. Like mm. uh, you know, it's not terrible. So I would invest it personally, 
but I have I have like sufficient money sitting around. You know, I don't know. So what, for you, is it like you have sufficient money sitting around in accounts that you know are not going to tank, or you're just like, I guess like. Is everything that you have in something that's like seven percent or better overall, and like bringing along that level of risk? So, pretty much. I mean, I have it diversified where I've you know money in my home, so that's okay. that's a reasonable amount. Um, I have a bunch of money in Apple, which is you know you know a risk onto itself or, or yeah. positive onto itself. I have Betterment, which sits across like broad market swaths i have some betterments uh, or some vanguard stuff some random 401k ira and tesla so it's like all over the place and i I think it's to the point where if the market crashes it's not gonna like wipe me out and uh, i'm I'm patient enough where you know what i've been through a lot and i'll just wait so for you like if you were to lump all your money together all your liquid money together minus whatever little is sitting in your checking account most of it would be in accounts that are around that like level of risk reward that we call 7% ish or higher. So, but put- you're mitigating your risk because it's so spread out amongst different accounts that like if one takes a hit, like it, not all of your money is tied up in that one place and it's very unlikely for everything to take a hit. Exactly. And, and I have, you know, relatively stable income and, um, I, I think like I've gained so much from just having it always in the market that even if it did tank, like I've already gained so much from it being there, like I, I feel like it wouldn't even be such a loss. Okay, you know. So here's a question: mm. Should you eventually uh, run this full time? Run what? Less money matters. I would love like, to. My should dream. like should that eventually happen? Mm. Will you change your investment strategy because of the new, like riskier, not so stable nature of your income? Absolutely. So I would keep more money in checking and I would, I would probably, I would fall in line with what I recommend most people do is keeping the few months expenses in the checking account because Mm. then I'm in uncharted water right, right now. Like everything's like peachy green. It's like easy. Um, but that definitely complicates things when you're running your own business. And I'm sure you could test that your income varies dramatically. Cause right now you have like, two areas where the, a giant failure would need to be happening, like would need to happen before you were in big trouble. Mm. Like you'd need to lose your job and your investments would need to tank. And yeah, but even but if, they, if you like lost your job today, you could just pull a lot of investments and like build yourself a cushion mm. because you have that. Right. Yeah. Okay. But if you were, I don't know, I guess if you were doing your own business, it'd probably be tighter and all sorts of things pop up. You'd probably want to have that peace of mind. Or yeah, if your job is less secure and, you know, like, I think you also got to be realistic because everyone's fearful about <clears> stuff. But, like, you know, like, we talk about the market crash and, like, pulling out at the wrong time. So you want, like, to, you know, be have a flexible timeline. But these big crashes, these, they're, like, these cataclysmic events are mm. the exception to the rule. They almost right. never happen. They're so rare. Oftentimes, it's, like, re- a lot of up, a little bit down, a lot of up. And it's, you know, you don't want to catch it on, like, the little bit down. It's so rare they are going to catch it on, like, the 50% down. Yeah. But, like, in our minds, they're almost like stars in space. Mm. Where, like, you know, 99.9% of space is just empty. But the stars have massive gravity. And they suck a lot towards them. And, like... The giant failures have like massive, I guess, mental gravity 
our minds like go straight to them. Oh yeah, we become obsessed. Even though you know they don't happen very often at all, we're just like, but what if? You just kind of get like sucked into dwelling on those big things, and, and it is a risk, you know. It is, and it's kind of good because it scares people straight, and they start saving a lot. You know, the savings rate in the U.S. went up a lot after this crash. It'll probably yeah. be very low before the next one. But, oh um, yeah, you're true. Yep. Anyways, I guess to kind of like tighten this up, like to, to tie maybe a bow on it, it doesn't need to be like an hour, <laughs> I guess. But um, if if it's like uh, something short term, you know, less than two years or, or it has like a specific fixed date, you might not make sense to invest. If it's longer, yeah. you know, let it go. Um, definitely invest it. And uh, I mean, I, I think that's like the the gist of it. People complain about investing your, you know, emergency fund and stuff like that. Well, just tone down the risk level. And Betterman, yeah. it's a toggle. It's like it's like so easy. It's not even a conversation. You move your slider from one hundred percent stock to like I don't know thirty percent stock, and there you are. You're like an eighty year old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I guess I would say like if you're at a if you're in an area where you feel it's a gray area. Maybe think about an investment that's really low risk and easy to pull out of, you know, like we did the episode on treasury bonds. There you go. Those are pretty liquid. They're almost no risk and they're better than a savings account or like a CD, you know, but CDs are often not as liquid, I think. Right. Yeah. CDs are uh, CDs are not like tradable. Like, right. Yeah. But yeah. You could do treasury bonds. You could do just very low risk and betterment. They have no penalty for pulling out. Um, even Vanguard, you can pull out once I think, but maybe it's, maybe it's like a, at least for my, in my case, there was like, there were like three months. I think I had to wait until I could pull out again or something mm-hmm. like that. So I guess you just gotta look at the terms, but yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty solid. Good on there. I think we're good. I think we good. Cool, man. All right. Well, if you've got further questions on this topic or more money questions, we are, uh, just to click away. Listen, money matters at gmail.com. You can email our questions or your questions and we'll get them answered on the show. And also put a catchphrase in your email. If you answer, if you uh, leave us a question because we are looking for catchphrases and they can be movie quotes. They can be weird things you made up. You can make Andrew sing. He does sing. If you put a quarter in his mouth, he sings. True that. <laughs> give me a, give me a quarter. I'll tell you your fortune. <laughs> and uh, you'll find all the ways to get involved with the show over at listenmoneymatters.com slash get involved you'll find out how to subscribe and whatever place you listen Stitcher, iTunes, all that kind of stuff and uh, leave a review doing either of those helps us climb the ranks and is definitely appreciated and today's review is actually not a five star review Andrew <laughs> what? which you put it here Yes. Uh, this person says the title is the IPA of Financial advice. Almost always a good choice, but on occasion, way too hoppy. Four stars from Future Man, uh, Mountains. And I actually wanted to read this review. So It's a really well thought out one. I like yeah, it. so what he says is, uh, why listen to get a fresh, down-to-earth take on personal habits and finances? Best parts, the actionable steps towards getting out of debt, investing, daily habits, and financial tools. Worst episode, the insensitive episode about our country's homeless population. Oh, I'm sorry. Needed episode, how to get out of debt, how to get out of debt when you are making less than you owe each month. So I want to I want to pick this apart. Uh, for the needed episode, yeah, we should definitely do that. Mm. Like I think that would be cool. I don't know like how sunshine and roses we can all be when it when you're like facing something that sort of like hard on the math. 
<laughs> like the inputs are less than the outputs. That's <laughs> tough, but we can definitely try to like come up, come up with some things that you can do in that situation. I would actually say like <clears throat> if this is you, like that's your scenario, like you're making less than you owe, email us and let's talk and maybe we'll make an episode about it. Because I think like we yeah. could do like rosy scenarios, but I think it'd be much more real if it was about like a person. It'd be, yeah, it would be cool if we could have like a situation and then sort of... And like, if we if we had the specifics, we'd actually be able to suggest how you might do it because every mm-hmm. situ everyone's situation will be different. Yeah, but I, I guess at a, you know at a glance, deferring debt, increasing your income, being frugal, all that kind of stuff. You know, mm. um, there's probably a lot that you can find in old episodes, but we'll definitely like try to put it all together in some sort of nice package. Uh, as for all the positive stuff, thank you so much for saying that. We love it. And the worst episode, so. I, I want to like stand up and take it because I thought you were, were going to say so, I want to stand up and blame Andrew for being an asshole. <laughs> I, I feel like we both were actually. Yeah, I, so I definitely. Was I think we went into it with good intentions. Like this was a legitimate thing that I thought about, and I mean, if you haven't listened to it, it's the one on recovering from an epic failure, mm. uh, which I don't even know if the title like said much about the actual topic, but it was basically this concept I had of like, what would I do if I found myself like homeless, completely out of a job. No family, like back to square one. Like it, it was just like a thought experiment I did as a high school student. What would I do? You know, mm. um, I think we ended up cracking too many jokes during the yeah. course of it. So for that, we're sorry. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I, I kind of felt like a little a little. I felt dirty shameful after we yeah. just even after like stopping recording. But we tend to just kind of put what we make out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard because uh, we have hard. we have like so much. I mean, look, you just with College Info Geek, you probably have an obscene amount of hours of stuff and reams and reams of articles, and like you don't know what's going to be good, what people are going to yeah. react bad to, and sometimes you just got to take the chance. It is true, but yeah, I feel like this one may have been a bit of a gaff, yeah. uh, but but it meant well. <laughs> mm. I still I still think it meant well. Like I feel like the underlying theme to think about what you would do in a disaster situation is good because it, it does help you put like smaller failures in perspective. I guess the problem was, is we were talking about recovering from a, an epic failure and to be able to have an epic failure, we put ourselves in the position that we ourselves would be homeless. So we wound up talking about homeless people a lot because we were in this fictitious scenario, homeless. Yeah. So once again, we apologize <laughs> um, for real though. Yeah. But anyway, anything else you should say on that? <laughs> um, email us at listen. What you about? <laughs> All your hate mail can go to Andrew <laughs> uh, and then he'll just yell at me by proxy. I actually had one thing that I did want to add, but okay. I, I, I space it, so I'm not going to add it. Ah, ah! I do remember. There we go. I have to say I don't remember. Then I then I get it. So, um, the community thing is starting to get legs, and it's starting to flush out, and it's like going to be a thing. And like, we're getting like epically excited over here. Okay. Um, and if you want to get in on it and see it in its beta, its its naked stage, and help guide it to be something awesome tell me more email us and say hey dude add (laughs) me to your beta list now and and we will do that 
in like a month or so we'll reach out and uh yeah but you have to let us know otherwise you're not going to be able to you know be in pro internet tip a lot of things that are in beta like private beta mm-hmm. if you like straight up email the people who are building it you'll get beta true like like a lot of times they'll be like oh get on the waiting list and we'll we'll get you in when you're out of beta and then if you do that but then you like write a real email to them a lot of times they'll be like oh cool this is somebody who cares yeah i would love to have them test my software you know that, that's the whole thing is like the people it's like it's self-selecting so the people who email are like literally the exact people <laughs> that i want to be in the beta so exactly. all i do is ask and they email and i'm like wow this is great and like uh, most of the people email i know them already because they've emailed we've had conversations <laughs> yeah you know i don't i don't know if this would like be specific enough for a whole episode but i've often thought about like a lot of people don't ask enough questions. Mm. Like they don't ask the questions that will get them like to places they never thought they could be. Um, like we were at Disneyland and Anna really wanted mac and cheese, but it was only on the kids menu. So I was like, Hey, do you have adult mac and cheese too? And they were like, Oh yeah, it's not in the menu, but we can make that for you. There's like all <laughs> sorts of things where if you just ask people will accommodate you. Yeah. Like there I'm, you know, um, there's like a, a place that we're wanting to live, but there's like a, a certain policy uh, that they were not. No kids. It was like, yeah, there was like <laughs> some policy that it wouldn't work out for us. And I was like, well, can I just talk to you guys like in person? And then, you know, at the time, then it worked out. So, hmm. and it's, it was worked out with a lot of things in the past, like with apartments and stuff. So I think if you just like build relationships with people, then you're good and, to go. You, you know? know, and half you don't even have to build the relationship. People are always like cribbing to me about their uh, interest rates. And I'm mm. like, have you tried asking them to reduce it? You yeah. would be so surprised. All I have to do is contact your credit card company, be like, lower my interest rate. Don't even say please or even be like nice. And they'll be like, okay. And they'll just do it. Yeah. Do like, we have like a script for that at all? Like, a There's actually a video on, on our YouTube channel. Uh, Matt had called this car- company. That's right. And he has like... He, doesn't have much money and whatever you just call these like hey can you lower my thing and they're like yeah sure and they just did it sweet i think uh, i think kristen wong also did like a video where i think she called up her cable provider or something like that oh to lower her cable bill i think so oh yeah. shit I think if you, dude like, call comcast up and you like threaten to leave then they'll be like wait do you want our super secret special rate instead of leaving and then you'll be like oh don't mind if i do <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea if that actually works I mean, I've heard that. people say it works. I just we don't have Comcast in this area. Problem is, thankfully, I want to I want to like go and be like, uh, so if you don't lower my inner bill, internet bill, I'm gonna leave. And then they're like, you only have one choice for internet, so <laughs> no. <laughs> just wait till Google Fiber gets here, man. That's right. Somewhere Actually, between- I heard like, didn't Google Fiber go to some new town, like some new city? Really? And then, like immediately all the cable providers started like lowering their prices, really cleaning up their act, like being much better with support. I read about that. This is why monopolies are bad. Yeah. Competition breeds good customer service and good mm. prices. So, yeah. So tangent over. If you want to find our favorite uh, money management resources, cool apps, books, all sorts of neato stuff over there. I just use the word neato. I've never used that word before. <laughs> it's not on a podcast. Anyway, Listen to moneymatters.com slash toolbox is where you'll find all that cool stuff. Thanks again for hanging out with us. We look forward to the next episode. See you later, Andrew. Later, Mr. T.
please tell your friends about this show.